It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, January 29th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is overwhelmed with everything we have to talk about on today's show. It's a really big shoe. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. If your best bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. You can find us over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. You'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, I guess we got to start with that Owen Tippett contract mm-hmm. amongst the many things that occurred this weekend. Uh, eight years, uh, $6.2 million AAV and uh, you know it had been brewing for a little bit the word was kind of out there but uh, I'm really interested to hear what you think about the term especially on this one yeah I I felt like if they were going to give eight years term it, it should come under six I was surprised it was over that's my only really problem with the deal because it's a two it's a two-phase thing first is you know you're 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 betting on the future, and that's fine. I think he needs to be a sixty point guy if you're paying him like that, and he could be. Uh, he hasn't been yet, but he could be. And then the other problem is if they're going to go down the road of keeping Travis Konechny, well, now his price just went up a lot, right? Because you know, I you know, you look at points per game and what they're worth to the team, and Konechny's worth a lot more. So now it's like if Konechny wants to get seven point two or seven point five, you know, let's say it's even for five years. Me personally, I have to turn it down. Like, I just have to say, yeah, I can't do that because I just, you have to look down the road. And, and that's, that's the bigger issue, I think, is trying to figure out. I don't know if they have a real structure in place yet. You could see some teams that do it and they, they don't go past a certain amount. Like this guy gets this amount. The next guy gets a little more. The next guy gets a little more. They know. I don't think the Flyers have caught up to that part of the process yet. Yeah, and I I think that, you know, with Owen Tippett, obviously, you know, despite the injury, he's uh, had a real hot streak. And so Mm -hmm. he picked a really good time to put ink to paper uh, on his side of things, which that's his right to do. And I think his price probably inched up a little bit over the last like month or so with his agent and negotiations. And maybe it was the initial offer was under six. Um, and this is where they wound up, but it does have an effect downstream to your point about Konechny. Um, I think Konechny would ask for more than that. Even like, I think Konechny's asking for 7.5 at this point. Uh, that was the number I gave the high number was seven, five. And if he does, yeah, I agree with you. Then, then what are you going to do? Yeah. The term is going to be huge then because maybe you have to inch him up a little bit more to get shorter term to balance it out somehow, right. but, and assume that your other picks are going to come in right. in those intervening years, but it's going to be a really interesting balance there. Um, 
One of the things that Danny Breer mentioned in the little presser about the contract um, was that he respected Owen Tippett's, um, like the fact that he had gone through some adversity, especially with everything he went through with Florida. Um, the trade here really was a new start for him. Um, and, you know, I think like the rest of it is, um, you know, to be expected you know, in terms of what he said, you know, if it's the long-term vision of the team, he's the right age, the right skill. Uh, but I think that he wants guys with a little bit of an edge to them. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's fair. I mean, he has that. Um, I think the you're seeing a, uh, a big influence for the analytics department on this one, but I think it's a little much like the, the rush stat fact, you know, the, the, you know, not necessarily scoring on the rush, just getting shots off the rush. He is very good at getting shots off the rush. He still hasn't figured out how to, you know, pop more of those. Right. And so, they're betting at against, least on a longer term basis. Right. He has recently, but not. No, but but right. But the whole thing is, is we're working off a very short window here. Like I did a little quick math. And so Konecti in his career is like 0. 0.70 points a game and tip it for his time as a flyer is 0. 0.60. Now, as an average, that's, you know, quite a few points. And so I don't know if, if Tippett's going to get to where Konecti is because Konecti is a more decisive shooter and he does have a better shooting percentage and does score more as a result you're hoping that he could get there but that's where you know that's that's the gamble of this right and everybody makes these kinds of gambles sure. so i think you know it's a good gamble for the flyers to make at this time and you know you always look at these contracts with hindsight as as we all do uh we're, we're gonna have to wait on that in, in the meantime uh, Ryan Paling also inked an extension for another two years, 3.8 million, 1.9 AAV. And I think that I, I don't necessarily disagree with it. I think the timing of it was interesting. Like, why didn't they wait until later? Yeah, I just, this one puzzles me in the sense that was there a big market for Ryan Paling? I'm not sure about that. I mean, for the amount of points he has, if he ends up with 25 points, like that's that's your baseline for a fourth line center, really, in this league is around that. So, yes, he has speed. I don't believe he could play third line center for any appreciable amount of time. I know they've used him that way a little bit. I don't know if that's playing into this, and maybe that's where he got a little extra money. But again, I just think that by doing that, and, and look, again, this is going down chuck fletcher road where way hey he's 25 and i'm signing him so it's okay remember he's under 30 and it's like yeah okay but he's still not your guy and they have some of their guys like a tanner lusinski who i feel next year could fill this role and you'd be filling it for half the price so now and this is where the overall cap for the flyers has to really be managed tightly now because it's already going down the not saving path you already paid Tippett probably more than you wanted to. You're definitely paying Paling more than you want to. And if you're giving Sealer like a million and a half a year for two years, instead of filling in somebody on their ELC, well, then now that's two positions, you know, that you're you're paying a lot more for that you could have had a young player in. That's the part that I always, my mind always wanders to. Yeah, because I think like, uh, in a vacuum, this is a good contract, mm -hmm. but given everything and 
the other prospects and the cap and all of that. I, I Ryan Paling's a replaceable guy. Yes. So it's just like, why him? Why now? Is my question. But but again, it's a good contract. Like I don't mm-hmm. necessarily like disagree with the term or the, the amount. And it it creates another situation where he's a bridge depth center until whoever you know the other newer prospects and newer draft picks that we don't even know about yet come in and fill that spot so like i don't again don't disagree with it It just feels like weird timing yeah like i said i just i kind of wish that lisinski would have gotten a chance this year yeah and he's probably not now yeah i think that's the other side of it uh meanwhile there was a game that took place against the boston kind of uh kind of well, you know, I, I think it was interesting because, uh, and, you know, obviously we'll talk more about it in the next segment, too. Uh, no Igor Zamula in this one. Definitely could have had an effect there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I would say my my 30,000 foot evaluation of this game is, you know, you give the Bruins multiple chances in the offensive zone, plus Linus Omark. That, that's that's the game right there. But we talked about that. Like they they could have game planned for yeah. that. I mean, you knew that Zamula gives you something, and you you know you're missing Tippett. But teams have injuries, and teams are all tired. Uh, maybe the Flyers are a little more tired, like we talked about. And we also talked about the mental thing now, where Urson and you could see where Tortorella was talking to him because it's different. It's different when Cal Peterson's behind you. Like now, there's no room for error because we saw Cal Peterson play, and it's not pretty. The, the space behind Cal Peterson to get the puck around him was great, mm-hmm. greater than any goalie I've watched this year. So this is a whole different situation now. It's going to be a different coaching situation for John Tortorella because, again, how many games can you play Sam Urson in a row now? Because he's not really used to this. Yes, there's that future hope that he could do this, but with the future being now, it could be too soon, and now it's like, and your backup goaltending is not exactly trustworthy. So this is a spot that they have not been in all year. So and they're going to have to figure it out when they come back from the break. And that's that's a tough spot. And I'm not blaming Urson because there are a lot of things that went wrong. It was, you know, yeah, it wasn't just him. Absolutely. Well, we're going to get to more of those things that went wrong, plus some things that actually did go right in this game. There were a few of those, uh, but we will get to that coming up next passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. They've got all the parts you need at the prices you want, and it's easy to turn your car into that MVP and bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Tomorrow on the show, we will have our Phantoms Tuesday report, including how Bobby Brink is doing so far. And spoiler alert, very good. Three goals in two games. Uh, Plus, we will be answering your mailbag questions later this week. So get them in. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. Send us a message on Twitter or comment on our YouTube channel. So, Russ, continuing our Flyers versus Bruins discussion, um, 
I think it was the defense and the structure that led up a little bit because mm -hmm. if you look at like the heat map for this game, like all the Bruins goals were from right net front and it was those multiple chances and not clearing the puck out. And I think also not creating an effective way to push guys out from, from out front. Yeah. I think that's definitely a thing. I mean, you know, you could see where that, the Bruins like to score, especially someone like Pasternak. You could see um, yeah. the way they were able to pass cross ice and they were able to, you know, again, some of those things that we've talked about on previous shows, they did some film study on and could see how to break down the flyers. And so definitely, you know, some of that was going on. There's some weird goals too, obviously um, with Heinen. Right. I know I said Heinen was going to score. I didn't know he'd score like that, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Goal's a goal, right? But the point is, yeah, yeah. yeah, the point is, yeah, it was one of those games where um, they were overmatched. They just were overmatched and the coach knew it. We knew it. And it doesn't mean, like you said, then some things didn't go right. But the the bigger thing here is, OK, you know, now what are the Flyers? Because whatever they did in the first half of the season is going to be different than how you are after the break, because just naturally things change. Even if they get both players back, that things change. It doesn't matter. And the goaltending's changed. And so now they have to do a lot of work. They have to try and become yeah. a different team. Because I do think they were relying on their goaltending a lot to kind of wallpaper for some of the uh, defensive errors. And now they don't have that. They don't have that luxury. Yeah. And I think that um, at least on the offensive side of things, they weren't creating effective screens because like I think mm -hmm. Olmark played very well. Obviously, he made some incredible saves, yes. but I also think he just had a clear look at most of the shots, even though the shots were high danger. You know, you look at the stats they had. The Flyers had more scoring chances. They had more high danger chances for than the Bruins. But Omar had a clear field of vision on most of them. Right. And I think that was part of the issue as well, is that the Flyers, I think, you know, they're getting better at having better quality shots now and their aim is a lot better than it was. It's just they're not they're not creating the screens they need to to get the finish. No. And, you know, bad timing on those third period penalties if you're trying to come back in the game. Yeah. I mean, uh, that Lawton penalty was just like, yeah, where he just knocked Olmark over. Yeah. You know, those kinds of things. Like, I get it. There was frustration. Fine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now you're on a legit losing streak and you got to try and snap out of that. Right. Um, a couple of things I really liked in this game. Um, when the line blender started, I really liked Couturier with Forster and Lixel. I thought that was a good combination. They made some really good plays that led to Forster's second goal in the game. Um, and I thought that there, it was like a complete effort, that entire shift. If you like rewind the play a little bit to even before what the highlight shows you, um, I really liked what they did together. There's a reason, and I liked it too, but I had spoken to somebody offline about this. You know, like the reason two nights ago that Lixell looked like their most alive player is because his legs are alive. He's not dead. He hasn't been going through the same strain they have. Well, same thing with Forster. So, you know, the fact is, is those two have, you know, young legs. That's what we're looking at. Mm -hmm. That's why we always recommend having some young legs in the lineup on a John Tortorella team because of this kind of thing. And so, yeah, I mean, 
Will they do that again? I don't know. I don't think so. Because he's going to go back to his old ways. They're going to be rested. I think it's something to look at. I'm with you, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Forster did get two goals in this game, and he's like starting to put it together a little bit mm-hmm. more on the offensive side. I think Torts will definitely reward Tyson Forster. It's just a matter of whether he has the vision. Well, he's been rewarded you know, the whole look- time, right? He wasn't playing that well for right. a while, except physically. So I think he's been rewarded the whole time. The question is, is he going to reward Lixell, or is Lixell just going to go back down? Right, but in terms of being on a line with Sean Couturier. Yeah, he might, I think he that- might leave that. That's possible. Yeah. I'm yeah, that's that. the part of it. Okay. There. Um, and I thought that, like, in general, the consistent effort was there for the Flyers all game that they've been showing all season. Boston's just that much better. Yes. I mean, I, I, think, I think that they didn't really let up, uh, per se. Um, the score was very lopsided, but, um, you know, mistakes were made. But as far as like the determination of this team and the character of this team, I don't think it's any different than it's been. No, I don't think. I mean, I would never go so far as to to say anything about that because I didn't see that either. It, it was a matter of just really being outclassed. Um, but, you know, again, like we just we have to kind of see where they're at now, because like even Couturier, 53% on faceoffs, that's good, but he had been run, running even higher than that. Um, so we'll see. I'm trying to see somebody. Oh, uh, Morgan Geeky was at 57. Yeah, Flyers did very well. They did pretty uh, good. Face they did pretty good. They did a little better yeah. than I thought for sure. Yeah. Paling did yeah. well. Paling was good on the faceoffs. Like he was their shark for the game and Frost did pretty well too. Um, so they actually yeah, Frost was making some really good, smart plays yeah. as per usual, too. I thought yeah. he had a quietly good game. He did. He did. Um, you know, the minutes, you know, the minutes were what the minutes were. Again, Sandheim's almost at 25 minutes. Like, I, it's just yeah. too much. Well, with Samula out, that's kind of what was going to happen there. Yeah. But uh, I, I did want to touch on the Mark Recchi ceremony a, a little bit here. Uh, thought it was just really nicely done. Um, his speech was so fun. Um, he's got such a great personality, but he, you know, he called out his trainers and the staff by name. Um, dinged Robert Ash for being an Elton John fan <laughs> uh, during it, which was delightful. Yeah, I'm an Elton John fan. Um, That's all right. So am I, but I think it's just funny um, the way he was talking about all the guys and how tight everybody was in the locker room. He talked about the alumni game, which was also super fun. Yeah, by the, the way, the alumni and, game I'm sure was fun. It's I saw a couple of clips from goals, and yeah, it's always fun. Yeah. You know, Sharp was a little younger than some of the other guys. He got behind him, showed that speed. Yeah, you know it, that stuff's fun. It's always fun. Yeah, uh, Recky, of course, scoring the first goal for the Flyers uh, was perfect. Mike Richards scoring. Man, I had so many Mike Richards feelings. It was it was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> um, Daniel Brashear was was so much fun, and he got a goal. Um, the fact that Scott Hartnell was snake bit the whole game was hilarious and yeah. really on point. Um, took a lot of shots, did not get one to go. Um, we actually, you mentioned Sammy Kapanen and was he playing in the game? And I said, I don't think so. Well, he was actually doing his job. He was at the Phantoms game that night. Ah. So God bless him for that. Yeah. It was just like, you know, aside from the loss to the Bruins, I think the rest of the weekend, uh, you know, the, the couple of days was, was a really good time and the Flyers did a great job with it. Yes. As long as you didn't drive further North, if you drove further North, 
um, I think there was a problem <laughs> in Lehigh. Well, some good and some bad there, which we'll talk about tomorrow on about that. But yeah, I, I just think, you know, uh, we're on a break now. I think it's well needed. And, uh, you know, we are not on a break, though. We will be continuing throughout the All-Star break. Uh, up next, we're going to start off talking about those Stadium Series jerseys. Plus, we will have our nemesis of the week. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I, I always kind of like the prop bets. I think they're fun. Which commercial is going to run first? Uh, you know, it'll be like, is it Doritos or a couple of other companies? That's good. I would never bet on the coin flip. I just, I don't believe in that. I, I will say that. but. Those prop bets are, are fun, and that's what makes the uh, the Super Bowl a lot of fun. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet who will win the Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. LockedOn has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. LockedOn Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of LockedOn, plus our national shows covering every league like LockedOn NHL. Go to LockedOn Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe. Uh, Russ, those stadium series jerseys are here, and um, I think... Jersey taste is so personal and so individual. Um, but I think like, you know, people had mixed feelings uh, about three of them or, well, I would say people loved the devil's one. I think people I thought that liked, was the best one. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I would say people liked the Rangers ones. I don't like the Rangers. People, one. people were just okay about the Flyers ones. And, and then they hated the Islanders one. Yeah. The Islanders forget it. That was the general consensus, I would say. I did make a joke um, on another to... show that maybe a lobster bib would be better. I don't know. I, I, the Islander one, I, oh just my like God. I just didn't like it. Yeah. The Flyers jerseys, it's always so hard to do something interesting or special with them, per se, unless there's an overarching theme governing all the jerseys. Like the the most recent Stadium Series jerseys where the Pens jerseys and the Flyers jerseys were the same style, just different colors. Yeah. I think that worked really well because it was an overarching style and it wasn't crazy. It was just something definitive. But this, there were four different styles going on here. It wasn't thematic at all. And so I think that's what made it hard. Um, and when you don't have a theme to latch onto design-wise, the Flyers jersey is very hard to make something interesting or different with because it's so classic. Yeah, and it's always so much... about like, oh, they added chrome. Or, yeah. Oh, look on that. They, you know, they took out the black lines. I get it. Every time the Flyers like mess with the logo, it's a disaster. So you got to keep that, right? Yeah. And so 
it, it's like it's tough so i get it, it it's a tough like assignment it, if, you, um, if you look at the islander one it looks like they borrowed it from like charlie brown like from the charlie brown oh my collection. god it just looks like it's that. so bad <laughs> The, the one thing that I will give kudos to the league for, because I'm like a details girly, and in the little video that they had, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes just in case you haven't seen it, but uh, that was introducing these jerseys with like some models on the subway. When they were showing the Rangers and Islanders jerseys, it was on the New York City subway on the MTA. And when they showed the Devils and Flyers, it was on the PATH train. And I appreciated okay. it was like the ninth, it was the ninth street station of the path. And okay. I appreciate that attention to detail. I mean, they could have gone on New Jersey um, Transit, but that's okay. Right. But that if they good. wanted a similar subway look. Right. And to have like the two New York teams no, be that's on fair. the New York MTA. Yeah. And the Philly Jersey on the path train. Love that. Absolutely love that detail. But um I just I've spent lots of quality time on both trains. So I, I understand. Path I've never taken. Looks. I've taken a bunch of subways. Yeah, I take the path a lot. So okay. um to get to any North Jersey stadiums. But uh yeah. So uh appreciated that. Uh we also have our nemesis of the week. Last week we talked about finishing out strong before the break. That did not go well. Did not go well at all. Uh this week, I think it's making sure that other than Travis Konechny, who's going to the All-Star game, that everybody gets the rest they need, that they heal up and they reset. Okay, but you know guys are going to the islands. You know guys are going to go and uh, to faraway locations and do whatever that they're going to do. Do you really think they're going to be home resting, Rachel? Come on. I think there's a way to get some rest and relaxation on the beach. <laughs> I really do. If you were 25... And, they and you can get a mental reset. Yeah, okay. That that could be a mental reset. If you but. if you were 25 and they told you you have 10 days off from your job and you have a pocket full of money, good luck with the rest part. It's a pipe dream. Listen, that's part of their job. So <laughs> I hope they can get whatever recovery, like if you're dinged up a little bit, you know, all that recovery happens. Unrealistic. Okay. Yeah, my my nemesis will just be the um the time off from regular hockey. It's look, I I write, so I could definitely write a lot. And since I do prospect work, it's not going to slow my job down. But um, I like it going to games, covering games, having it on TV, all of that, and it's all going away. Um, I'm going to have to watch the All Star game and get what I can grab out of that. Uh, but it's going to be slow, and it's going to be tedious and it's a it's a bad time of the year in in that regard yeah well there's uh in addition to the all-star game there's also pwhl hockey going True. on so it's good it's a good time to check that out as well uh some more attendance records set up in ottawa and uh it, it's a good time some really good hockey so far hillary, hillary knight got on the board and my new draft list OT winner and my new draft list will be out so we could talk about that well, over good. the coming week. Yeah. Yeah, we will absolutely be doing that. Uh, but in the meantime, that will do it for today's show. Uh, thanks so much for making us your first listen today. Tomorrow, like I said, we're going to be talking about any uh, trickling news coming out of 
the flyers as well as phantoms Tuesday. And uh, yeah, some continuing conversations to be had about the Lehigh Valley phantoms. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. If you've got a mailbag question for us, you can send it via Twitter at lockdown flyers. You can email us at lockdown flyers at Gmail or comment on our YouTube channel. I'm Rachel Donner. I'm on Twitter at our Miriam. That's R M I R I A M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.